0: Hey everybody, it's so good to see you guys. I've gotten a lot of, a lot of hugs in the last 30 minutes um, and it's been so great to be back with you. I love Jonathan so much. You have a wonderful pastor and I'm really jealous that you guys get him here in New York City. Um, we're incredibly grateful for him, for Jenna, their family, but also for all of you. We pray often for Queens, uh, because of our heart of love for y'all, especially after fall retreat. Um, I guess it was two years ago now um, that I got to be with you guys. Um, our hearts became even more in love with, with you and what God's doing here in this community. I'm so excited about the things that y'all are talking about members meeting tonight. I'm not going to stay to get in the middle of it, because um, y'all have got some big decisions to make, but I really feel nothing but hope and gratitude as I consider what God's doing through your church. So it's good to see you again. Um, If you've got your Bibles, I would encourage you to get them open uh, to Ecclesiastes. Today, what I want to do with you is to talk to you uh, from a very familiar passage of Scripture to many of us um, from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a slide with some pictures of my girls on it as you turn so you know uh, a little bit more about me if we haven't met before. Um, this is my wife Michelle. These are our two daughters. Caroline is the oldest and she's nine. Emma is the youngest. She's three. And down in the right hand corner, the, the guy that you notice is actually sitting in the back of this room. Uh, Robbie Crafton is actually here. And uh, some of y'all remember Robbie, he was with us for Fall Retreat as well, but Robbie Crafton is executive pastor of our church in Memphis, and uh, our best friend, and so he's pictured as well, but sending lots of love from Memphis, Tennessee. Today I want to talk to you guys about um, a message that I'm calling Call to Surrender. Engaging God in the season, and I would encourage you, I love it, uh, when when people choose to take notes, if you have an ability to take notes today, I would encourage you to do so. I'll try to put as much as possible on the slides. I don't have a lot of time because we want to respect the time y'all need for your members meeting. But in the time we have, I really believe that um, there is a word for you today and I'd encourage you to consider taking notes. I want to teach a message to you today from God's word that is less about new information for your head and more about God wanting to get through to your heart. I want to pastor you not just preach to you today. And I really want to invite you on a journey with me as we open this passage and we hear God's voice, a journey to really consider what God is doing uniquely in your life in this particular season. It's interesting that as a people, um, we go through a lot of life transitions, don't we? Has anybody experienced a life transition lately? Yeah? Yeah. Maybe it's um, you moved. Maybe you just moved here, moved somewhere else. Maybe it's a relational change. Maybe it's a transition within your workplace. Or maybe it's a transition within your family. Maybe it's a transition financially. Maybe it's a transition for you emotionally. Maybe there are some things that just seem like they're shifting right now in this season. Some differences that have come, and you're in the middle of it trying to go, whoa, like, this is kind of new. Life uh, brings transitions, and the reality is we are a transitional people. It's part of what it means to be human. We just, as we live life, we go through lots and lots of transitions. Think about yourself five years ago. Think about yourself ten years ago. Think about yourself 15, 20 years ago. Those of us who are old enough to remember, we got kids in the room today. You're like, I can't think of any faster. But think about how much things have changed. Life just brings change. We are transitional people. And what I want to talk to you today is about the opportunity of transitions. If you're like me, you don't like change. Anybody resist change in the room? Yeah. Um, Transitions can be challenging, right? But at the same time, while they're challenging, transitions can bring opportunity. And what I want to look at in the passage today is how the Bible actually helps us to feel a little bit more normal, helps to validate what God sees in our humanity in Ecclesiastes 3, because the Bible helps us to know God understands that we are in the midst of transition. In fact, the Bible invites us to see these life transitions as seasons. Seasons of life. And so if you've got your Bible, turned to Ecclesiastes chapter three. Without further delay, I want to read the scripture. I'll pray and then we'll talk through the scripture together. I read from the ESV starting in verse one. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep And a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, and a time to lose, a time to keep. And a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live, And also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his toil. This is God's gift to man. I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God has done it so that people fear before Him. That which has already been, that which is already has been, that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. Father, I want to just ask that, Lord, in these moments that we have together, that you would love on us, that you would shepherd us, that you would help us to know how much you care for us, that you would help us to see how wonderful you are, And by your Holy Spirit at work into the depths of our souls, would you woo us? Would you draw us? Would you invite us to a posture that in this particular moment of our lives and in this season, we might have grace, a holy trust and hope in you. Thank you, for your grace upon grace that you've poured out in our Savior, your Son, Jesus. And Lord, we lean wholly upon him and invite you now to speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Bible invites you to consider your life journey in terms of seasons. Here's what I want you to do real quick, exercise. Maybe you're writing down or maybe it's just a mental exercise. Give one or two words to the season that you're in personally right now. What one or two words would you would you ascribe to this current season? Doesn't have to be just surface stuff. Could be circumstantial. It could be deeper. It's in this season that God wants to speak to you today. There's three truths that I want to share with you today. Very simple, all right? Again, less for your head, more for your heart. I really believe there's some heart work that God wants to do today. Three simple truths for every season, including this one. Are y'all ready? I like engagement. Yes. Yes? Okay, great. Number one, God is in control of every season of life. God is in control of every season of life. If you look at the scripture, back to Ecclesiastes chapter three, look at verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. All these comings and goings and all these life transitions that have been described and the Bible points our attention after we see all of this seasonal stuff, And the scripture says, don't you see? It's God who's in the one. He's the one who's in control. It's him who's doing this. He has made this season. He's made every season beautiful in its time. Look at the rest of verse 11. It says, God's put a turn in man's heart, yet he can't find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Pointing our attention to God's the one doing something here. Verses 14 and 15, if you go down a little bit more, God has done it so that people fear before him. God is in control. The scripture's saying, hey, don't you see that in this moment, right now in this season, with the words that you gave to name this season, God is sovereignly attending to you right now in this season. Such that you come to a place to fear before him, not in the sense of being scared of him, but being humble before him, recognizing you're not the one doing all of this. He's the one doing all this, and you desperately need him. That's what the scripture is teaching. And this is, it resounds across all of scripture. If you look at some other verses, like in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, you can just write down references. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings, and he sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who have understanding. That's Daniel 2, 21. I think some of these are on the screen. Job 12, 9, 10. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? As Job is in a really hard season of life, and some of y'all might feel right now the word you gave to this season, it might be a word of anguish and difficulty. Job was in a really desperate and difficult season, and yet he goes, I know that God is over me and He's over this. Romans eleven, thirty-six. as Paul is wrestling with so many big questions and theological truths in Romans 9, 10, and 11, and he gets to a point of kind of doxology in Romans 11 where he just throws up his hands and he almost, you could see him prostrating himself before, from Him and through Him and to Him are all things, and to Him be glory forever. In other words, God, I know this is from you, and I know it's through you, and I know it's for you. God, I I'm coming to a point, Lord, where I just, God, it's, it's all about you. God is in control of every season of life. Now, let's make it a little bit more personal. God is in control of this season of my life. Um, and what that means, let me tell you what, what it means. You can trust him. You can Can trust him. I remember uh, it was 14 years ago that we moved to Memphis, Tennessee. And I don't know what y'all know about Memphis other than Elvis stuff. What do you know about Memphis? Elvis? Anything else come to mind? Barbecue, maybe? If we're lucky, you're thinking barbecue. Um, Is there anything else you're thinking? Grizzlies? Grizzlies? Okay, we'll take it. That's a good thing. where I had com- was coming from, I was from Atlanta, and Michelle, my wife, got into medical school in Memphis. She's currently a doctor. She's a pediatrician in Memphis. But way back, she was applying to medical schools, and the school she got into, the state medical school, was located in Memphis. And where I was from in Atlanta, Memphis was kind of like viewed as like the armpit of the South. Like, you don't want to move to Memphis. And I remember everybody going, seriously? Y'all are moving to Memphis? Like, you know, like if, if you're going to make something of yourself and of life, like you, you, your parents, your grandparents, nobody's going to wish for you to move to Memphis. And yet that's exactly where we got in. And that's exactly where we ended up moving. And I remember, have y'all ever had a season in life where you just feel like you're fighting God? I, for the first six months of being in Memphis, probably more like nine months, I had my arms crossed like this with the Lord. I was literally like, seriously, God? Like, this is not the life plan that I put before you and asked you to bless. Like, this is not what I prayed for. I hate this place. This is horrible. And I literally found myself increasingly frustrated, increasingly embittered, increasingly angry, in ways discouraged and depressed. Because I was fighting the very thing that God was doing. And I remember a breaking point. By God's grace, it was about eight, nine months in where God basically kept pressing me circumstantially where I was in Memphis and finally helped me to realize it wasn't the circumstance, in other words, the situation of being in Memphis that was wrong. It was my heart that was wrong. God had sovereignly placed me exactly where he wanted me to be. The issue was that I was not willing to let him be God. I wanted a different plan. I wanted a different season. I wanted a different city. And I needed to come to a place of brokenness and surrender and trust. I wonder how many of us today are in a season or in the midst of a transition of a season where you're in some ways really struggling with the circumstances that you're in or you feel like you're fighting against God in ways. You're struggling to accept that this is where you are. And maybe today, God might be inviting you, just reminding you, hey, I've got you. I've got my hand upon you. Right now, where you are, stop fighting me and start trusting me. And just to come back to a place of sweet surrender And trust and who he is, and how sovereign and good he is to put you where he wants you to be in any given season. God is sovereign over this season of your life. And the question is will you trust him? I can tell you, we hadn't left Memphis in 14 years. It's not what I thought it would be in terms of where I would be. But the good gifts that God has brought in the season of us being there, I would, I would never exchange. God is sovereign. You can trust him. Number two. Y'all ready for the second one? Number two. The second truth about every season of life, including this one, is God has a unique purpose. God has a unique purpose in every season of your life. If you look back at the text, Ecclesiastes chapter three, look at verse one. He says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. What's he talking about? He's going, look, all of life is not monotonous. Every day is not exactly the same. Every fall is not exactly the same. Every year is not exactly the same. for, for everything, as you walk through life, what you're going to discover is there are a lot of different stages of your life. And God has given a unique purpose to all of them. For everything, there is a season and a unique purpose for every matter under heaven. If you look at verse 11, it, right after he names, I mean, he goes through and he goes talking about birth and death and planting, like starting new things and then taking things away. He goes through talking about killing and healing and breaking down and building up and weeping seasons and laughing seasons and dancing seasons. Seasons of casting away. Seasons of bringing things back. Seasons of being close to others who you love. Seasons of feeling quite lonely. Seasons of seeking, of losing, of keeping and throwing away. Seasons that feel like ripping your heart out, tearing. And seasons where you feel like God is doing a restoring and a healing work. Seasons where all you have is your tears in silence and seasons where you feel overwhelmed with joy and you're able to give with purpose. Seasons of love and hate and war and peace. All of these are different purposes in different seasons. And then in verse 11, if you look at it, he says he's made everything beautiful in its time. There's a unique purpose for every season. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you the unique purpose in every season is primarily about you knowing God more. It's primarily about God and growing in your relationship with him. I think that's, I think there's a slide for that. It's primarily about God and you growing in relationship with him. This is the heartbeat of all all the men and women of God in the scriptures. I think about uh, verses like in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says, I am certain of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God has done, he's done something in you and he's still doing something in you. He's begun a work in you pursuing you and helping you to know him and knowing his love and he wants in this season to continue that good work in you. It's not just about God's starting something and we waiting around until he takes us one day to heaven. It's about every day the opportunity to experience more of the gracious and good work of God in our hearts as we trust him in the midst of our unique seasons. In Philippians chapter three, just a few chapters over, y'all know the apostle Paul. He is so hungry for Jesus. Like more than he wants the Mets to win baseball games. Who's your team? You pick your team. More than he's excited about good grades in school kids, Right? or college students, more than he's hungry for his next promotion or that next big financial opportunity, more than he's hungry for a bigger space and place or whatever it is that sometimes grips our hearts and our hopes, Paul's primary drive in life is, he says, I want to know Jesus more. Whatever gain I had in the world, I consider that nothing compared to the surpassing worth, the surpassing value to me of knowing Jesus more. I want to know him. Have that heart in the midst of this season. Yes, it's a unique season, and yes, it may circumstantially not be what you thought it would be. But where's your heart in the midst of it? What do you want in this season? You gave some words to it earlier that described it, but what are you hungering for in this season? Paul invites us, if there's anything we hunger for, hunger for God. He's the best. This is the heart of the scripture growing in relationship with God. I gotta tell you a couple of things. God is far more interested in your character and your Christ likeness than he is your careers. God is far more interested in your character than your career. I'll tell you another thing. God is far more interested than in your character and your nearness to Jesus than your comfort. Yes, He cares. He does care about your circumstance. I'm not trying to say He doesn't. He does. And He weeps with those who weep. And He has compassion on those who are suffering. But more than just us trying to get out of difficult things, sometimes it's in the midst of difficult things that God actually wants to teach us some of the most beautiful things about who He is and what it looks like To really know Him as our joy when everything else does not feel like joy. Or Him as our hope where nothing else feels like it brings us hope. Him as our strength when we don't feel in our flesh and our circumstances very strong. It's sometimes in the midst of these difficult situations that God wants to give us the best of Himself. And the scriptures speak to that. Another way I could say it is this. God is far more interested in who you are and who you're becoming with him than just what you do. Uh, When I met my wife, Michelle, it was probably, I think it was like 16 or 17 years ago now, we were working a camp together. Has anybody ever been to a camp or worked at a camp? It sounds more exciting than it actually is, all right? But there were like 30 of us on this camp staff. We were down in Charleston, South Carolina. We were hosting church groups in the summer. It was like a college thing that I did. Michelle, my wife, was doing it too. So we were on staff together one summer, and at the orientation of the staff uh, training... Uh essentially they we had a lot we had a week long training and had a lot we had to do programmatically to get ready but they gave time for us to share stories to get to know one another. So at the start of each training session they would allow like two staff members to share their story. Well, I'll never forget the day that Michelle's turn came around. Because when they said, "Okay Michelle, it's your turn, why don't you share your life story?" Uh she didn't she started out uh when I shared mine, I was like I was born this and I did this, you know, just gave like the facts of my journey. She blew me away. She started out, she goes, well, I hope it's okay. She's from Mississippi, so she talked very southern then. She's lost a little bit of the accent, but she's, hey, y'all. I just wanted to tell y'all that I, as I think about my story, y'all can laugh at this if you're northerners, right? I'll go back to my normal voice. Uh, she said, I would like to tell my story by using the names of God. And I was sitting there going, I didn't even know God had names. This girl's amazing. I thought God just had one name, G-O-D, God, you know. Apparently, he has more names than he does. But what she began to do is she says, in this season of my life, and she began to walk through her life story, and in every portion of her life story, she was attaching it to a name of God. In other words, something she had learned about God in that season. She was saying, it was in this season that I learned this about God, and it was in the next season that I learned this about God, and in the next season I learned this about God. And by the time she finished, I was sitting there with tears in my eyes. Everybody was. My jaw was on the floor, and I was like, I've got to marry this girl. (laughs) She's amazing. Hopefully she doesn't find out how shallow I am compared to how deep she is, but she's amazing, right? And it worked. I got a ring on it. So, but thank you, thank you. But the point is this. The point is this. How many of us view our life stories like that? As you look back at your life, could it be that God put you in certain seasons because he wanted to show you some unique things about himself? Things that you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't been through that thing. And the thing I'm asking you today is what about this season? There's some things going on right now that have not been going on before And some of us have maybe overlooked the deeper thing that God is wanting to do. Maybe it's not about the surface things. Maybe it's God wanting more of your heart. And God wanting to break through and to show you more of his good and wonderful character. Something unique that he's never taught you before is possible right now in this season. There's a part of his character that you've never learned before. Maybe you learned it with your head. But I'm talking about learning to lean on Him wholly in your heart. Maybe there's some things that God is inviting you to learn about Him with your whole heart right now, uniquely because of this season you're in. Because of that, here's what we gotta do. The response to the second point is we gotta seek Him. The response to the first point, you remember, we gotta trust Him. But the response to this point is we've got to seek Him. In other words, we've got to wake up, like Jesus said in Matthew 6, and he's talking about basic necessities, but he says, but seek first the kingdom of God. He, it's, like a, it's like an adventure every day. God, what are you going to do? How are you going to show me more of yourself today? Seek first, Jesus says, the kingdom of God. Let the leader, leading priority of your heart be, God, show me more of you today. Help me to know you more today. Jeremiah, as he described in verse 29, he says, you know, in chapter 29, you'll seek me when you f- and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Some of y'all know that verse well, right? In this season, seeking God with all of your heart. Will you invite God to work in your heart in this season? Will you surrender to him for what he wants to do right now in this season? What, what, what is it? What is it God's wanting to show you? Third and finally. I told you there were three truths and this is the last one, all right? Third and finally, the third truth is this, and it's quite simple, and then I'll close. It's that God is faithful. God is faithful in every season of life. God is faithful. Another way to understand this, there's a word in the Hebrew, I'm sure your pastor Jonathan has taught you this, and if not, he will teach it probably in the next series in the spring. Um, hesed, right? I'm sure you've taught this. In the Hebrew, Hesed, which is the idea of God is loyal in loving kindness. He is committed to, to love you. But this love is not like an earthly love. It's a deep, committed, covenantal love. The kind of relationship that he has with us is he is loyal to those who he loves. He is loyal in his loving kindness to you. That is God's commitment to you in Jesus Christ. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. You go high and you go low, God remains the same. He is loyal in his character and in his covenant in Jesus Christ to love you, to be loyal in his loving kindness to you. If you look at the scripture, verse 11 brings so much hope to me in this passage because it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He's made everything beautiful in its time. There are a lot of seasons, can I get a witness on this? Where you go through it and you're like, this ain't pretty. Anybody been through a season like that? And in the middle of it, you're like, it is just all you can do to survive. And there are some days where they feel like there's more questions than answers. There are some seasons where it feels like there's more valleys than mountaintops. There are some nights that are marked by tears, when you're alone. Nobody knows the depth of sorrow that you feel. There are some seasons that don't feel especially beautiful. But the goodness of our God is that He chooses to be a Redeemer. Not only for our salvation, but also in our situation. God is a A rock and a refuge, Psalm 18 describes him as. He is a fortress for us, a stronghold for us. He is committed to us. And he works, even in the midst of brokenness, to bring beauty. How do we judge God's love? Less by our circumstance, more by his cross, right? Right? We view our circumstances through the cross. We don't view the cross through our circumstances. We keep our eyes on Jesus, and we know that He is for us and He is not against us. We know that He is committed to us. We know that He is a good shepherd and He walks with us. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow, of the earth, we do not fear because He is with us. And even in the presence of enemies, He's preparing a table before us and He's anointing our head with oil. And we know that like sheep dogs herd the sheep right, to make sure they go the right direction. God's sheepdog of goodness and mercy, they're following us until we get exactly where he wants us to go. He makes everything beautiful in its time. He is a rock and a refuge. Lamentations 3, I'm teaching Lamentations right now to our church in Memphis, but y'all know it, right? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. My hope is in you. I'm telling you, friends, right now, God is faithful. He's loyal and loving kindness to you. And and I just, as I close, the response to this one is, you can hope in him. You can hope in him. Hebrews 10, y'all know the verse probably very well. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful it's a picture yeah we had a storm didn't we i was here this week that was a that was a thing that was my first new york flood i was like wow this is a thing i mean i've seen it on tv i've never experienced it it was crazy stuff even uh near where we're staying just a lot of running water things that weren't secure going to get swept away in the midst of the floods of life, you've got to figure out where's your security going to be. Where are you going to anchor yourself? Don't get swept away. There's only one anchor for life, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the only one that you can hold on to. He will not disappoint you. He will be who he says he is. He will be your rock and your refuge, your fortress. You can hold on to Jesus because he who promised is faithful. But you've got to answer that question every day when you wake up. Where are you going to look for security? In the midst of this season, where are you going to look for hope? Hope in God. Hope in God. Because he is loyal in his love and kindness to you. So I leave you with these three truths. I've been through them, and now... I leave you with them. The three truths were, what is number one? You remember? God is in control in every season, including this one. The second one? Yes, he has a unique purpose for you, including this one. And the third one? God is faithful. But again, I told you, this is not about your head. This is about the heart. These truths are all true straight from the scripture we've seen today. But the movement of your heart is what I'm asking about right now as we close. Because I told you, in light of these truths, there should be some response. And the three responses, number one, will you trust him? And I mean with the words that you, you thought of. I asked you right at the beginning of the message, what, how would you describe this season? And you thought of some things so now I'm calling you back to that. Calling you back to what you thought of. Will you trust him? And the things that are going on right now? Maybe you've lost somebody you love and your heart is aching. Maybe your relationship's changing and you're feeling insecure. Maybe there's some stuff going on that just is invoking anxiety, there's some uncertainties that lie ahead. Maybe there's some opportunity on the horizon. Something you're hoping for. Seems like it could be fulfilled. I don't know what it is, but right now, will you trust him? Will you trust him? Secondly, will you seek him? In the unique season you're in right now, will you make him your priority? Will you not miss the opportunity to learn a new name of God, so to speak? To tell a story later. In this time, in this place, I learned God in this way. Will you seek Him? And third, will you hope in Him? If you put your hope in anything else or your happiness in anything else in this world, it will get swept away with the flood. Only those who put their happiness and hope in Jesus will not be disappointed. So trust, seek, and hope. Let me pray. Father, we thank You for the ways that You've spoken to us today and I pray, Lord, that in light of the Word, Lord, we would respond. God, you love us so much and I just pray today we would know just how much you love us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, before we lose this opportunity to respond, I pray right now you would put on our heart the things you want us to believe and to receive and the ways in which you want us to respond, and that we would not miss this opportunity to say yes to you. May we be a people of trust, of seeking you and hoping in you. And may we have a story to tell at the end of this season of your faithfulness. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. You can email us at info at newhopeny.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for those outlets is New Hope NYC. Our website is www dot if you are in the new york city area we have 4 p.m worship gatherings on sundays at 164-2 Gothel's avenue in jamaica queens we're praying for you and we hope to see you soon